I ask for your mercies. Say, Father, this morning, I ask for your mercies, your fresh mercy upon my life, upon my family, upon my finance, upon my career. This morning, show me mercy. Show me mercy. Tell him one moment. Mercy, Lord, this morning. Mercy this morning. Mercy this morning. In the name of Jesus, this morning, I ask for mercies. Mercies, mercy, mercy, mercy. The word said, it's not of him that we let, nor of him that run it, but it's of God that showed mercy. You said you will show mercy on whom you will show mercy. Show me mercy, Lord. Show me mercy, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Say, Father, this morning, let your word fall on good ground in my heart and let it begin to bear fruit. This morning, Lord, let your word fall on good grounds in my heart and let it begin to bear fruit. In the name of Jesus. Say right now, I uproot and I remove every stronghold of doubt and unbelief. Say right now, I uproot and I remove every stronghold of doubt, unbelief, and distraction from my heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Do this for me right now. Share the link. Alert someone. Wake someone that we're online. Because before they think we are starting, we are closing already. Why do you think we are starting? We are closing. Okay. It's our month of harvest. The month of um, July has been for us the month of harvest. And we've talked about harvest, what harvest is. We've talked about what to expect. That there is no harvest until there's a seed. On the ground, and if by chance you've had a seed in your earth, then you should be keeping your eyes out for harvest. Number one, number two, the more harvest you think you need or you want or you deserve, the more seed that should go to the ground. Seeds of your words, seeds of prayer. We just finished dealing with breaking curses. And I'm glad that a lot of us, most of the testimonies is that we now know how to use our mouth carefully. The certain things we've been saying, we're not supposed to be saying them to ourselves, to our children, to situations in our life and to our family. 
Some words are also seeds. I've told us, you want me to hear the word seed? Remove your mind from money first. It's a generic word. It's a generic word. When a man wants to impregnate a woman, he gives seed. When a student wants to pay school fee, he gives seed. We call this school fee, but he gives seed. You want your business to expand, you put in capital. It's called seed. You want to eat good food, you go to a restaurant, you sow seed, and they bring their food. So seed is a, is a, a general um, term. It's a general term. Unfortunately, it is more pronounced in the church. All right. But this morning, so we looked at um, what is harvest. We looked at um, the rain concerning we looked at seed, then we looked at the rain concerning generating harvest. I told us that every time a seed gets into play, rain is necessary for that seed to become productive. But there's something that we're looking at right now. We're looking at the land. We're looking at the land. We're looking at the land. If you have a seed, you have rain, and you have no land, the seed is wasted. The rain is useless. If you have a seed, you have a rain, and there is no land for you to invest that seed on. The seed is wasted. The rain will also be wasted. So the earth is very important. Our key scripture will be reading for the moment, Genesis chapter um, 20, 28, chapter 8, sorry, verse 22. Genesis 8.22. It's a while the earth remained. The earth. The earth. The earth. Seed time and harvest. Seeds don't grow in the sky. Seeds don't grow in the sky. Seeds are needed on the earth. In the ground. That is where. So when there is no earth, then the seed will be useless. The rain will be useless. So this is one of the most important factors of seed before we talk about even harvest. All right? So I would love you to give a keen attention to what we are about to delve into this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, get me the scripture on Matthew 13, 3 down to 8. Get me Matthew 13, 3 down to 8. Matthew chapter 13, from verse 3, then we narrow it down to verse 8. Help me, help me, help me, help me. All right. He said, and he spake many parables unto them, saying, Behold, his sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside. And the fowl came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of the earth. The six, and when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no roots, they withered away. The seven, and some fell among thorns, 
and the thorn sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground. Somebody say good ground, good ground. And brought forth fruits, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty foot. All right. So the man having seed was not the problem. The seeds in the man's hand was not the problem, but now the issue was the ground. The Bible stated categorically that the first set of the seed fell off. The first set of the seed, the man did not plant them. There was no direction. They fell out of the man's hand. And they fell on stony ground. They didn't survive. Birds came, ate them. The second set fell on the ground where there was no much earth to help them grow. They died. The third set fell also on, a, on thorns and they were choked. And the last set fell on good ground. But even at that, the Bible said that the, the quality of the ground was different. It was not a seed. It was the same seed. But the quality of the ground was different. That some brought 40, some brought 60, and some brought 100 fold. So that means our ground depends on what we receive. Every one of us will not receive a hundred food. Every one of us will not get a hundred food. So it's very important for you to know now what is your ground. If the ground is what determines the food that I receive, what is the ground? What is the ground? Please pardon me a bit. I might be a bit distracted because. I'm trying to fix something. What is the ground? So you don't need ground of thorns. You need good grounds. You don't need ground of thorns. You need good grounds. So if you know what good ground is, you should also be interested to find out how do you make your ground to produce a hundred percent results? Now, let's get into some scriptures more. Let's get into some scriptures more. I said earlier that seeds are useless when there's no right soil. So you see the scripture we just read now. The man had seed. The man had seed. The man had seed. The man had seed. Some fell on thorns. Some fell on stony ground. So the seeds became useless. Bears were now eating what was supposed to bring the man's harvest. If you read the book of Genesis, God told Abraham to get a seed that he wants to confirm the covenant he had with him. Abraham was careless with the sacrifice and a bear came to eat it and God cursed Abraham's generation. All right? So the Bible is now stating that Playing with your seed can even attract a curse. Playing with your seed can even attract a curse. Taking your seed for granted can attract the wrath of God because God gives seed to the sower and gives bread 
to the eater. So he wants to give you seed. He wants to give you, he gave it to you. So the moment there becomes a distraction, God is not happy. The moment there becomes a distraction in that same seed that he brought, he becomes unhappy. Everything that comes to you, God would give it for a reason. So if you misuse the purpose, God is not happy. The ground matters a lot when you carry a seed. Every time you carry a seed, one of the things that should matter to you a lot is the ground where you are sowing the seed. If you read your Bible from Exodus, even from Genesis, God couldn't change his people's situation until he brought them to a land flowing with milk and honey. When they found themselves in Egypt, God couldn't bless them in Egypt. He said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is supreme. God is everything. So why didn't he just all right? You guys should just stay here. It doesn't matter. I will still bless you and all of that. Say no. I will take you somewhere. Are you still following? Are you still hearing me? All right. I'm glad you are following. Be calm, be calm. Just be calm. I told you to be patient and be bit busy. Just follow. So, the ground has a very important role to play in this whole thing. So, God could have just said, okay, I will bless you guys anywhere. But instead, he said, no. I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a land that is flowing Excuse me, everyone. 
All right, <clears throat> you have my attention fully now. Not fully, you have my attention for now. So, the effectiveness of your seed is dependent on your soil. We saw that the seed that fell, where they fell into, affected the ground. Don't just throw your seed. Be deliberate. Where your seed falls into. Don't just sow your seed. Be deliberate where your seed falls into. Don't just sow your seed. Don't just throw it. Be deliberate where your seed enters to. Now, let's look at, there are four things I, I, I'm going to give us that represent our ground from the Bible. There are four things or four places that represent our ground from the Bible. Are we ready to go? Are we ready to go? Are we ready to go? Number one is your body. Number one is your body. Your body is a land, is a soil to both God and the devil. Your body, your physical body is a soil to both God and the devil. When I'm talking about your body now, it includes your spirit, it includes your soul, it includes your mind, it includes your flesh, your skin, everything you can think of that has to do with the body. One of the pain of the devil is that he cannot touch your soul. Sorry now, he cannot touch your spirit the moment you are born again. The moment a believer gets born again, your spirit is sold out to God. Except you, you wake up and denounce Christ that, hey, I'm no more a Christian. The devil can't touch your spirit. He will try everything he can. He will never be able to touch your spirit. He will never be able to have access to your spirit. But he can have access to your soul. Your soul is where you're thinking, where your mindset sits on. So this is why you see that you can be born again and yet, you are still thinking of sin. You can be born again. You are still thinking of lying. You can be born again. You still remember your past, all the weaknesses of your past, and you are tempted to do them. 
So the devil gains a mastery of that area. In fact, listen, Satan does not want to follow you every day. Yeah, I know that will shock you. Satan does not want to follow you every day. He just wants to gain your mind. Satan does not want to follow you every day. He just wants to gain control of your mind. Once he succeeds in gaining control of your mind, then he doesn't have to worry himself anymore. You will now be the one helping him to fight yourself. The moment the devil is able to get control of your mind, he will not need to fight you anymore. Then you will now be the one that will help him to destroy yourself. So by the time you are thinking sin, the devil is busy looking for somebody else and bigger things to deal with. By the time you are thinking of how to lie, the devil knows now he has caught you. He knows now he has given you an assignment. He has caught something in you. So one of great Satan's easiest tools is lust. He doesn't want to fight you every day. He just wants to gain control of you, of your mind. Once he has it, it's over. God already has your spirit, but God wants to gain control of your mind every day. All right? God wants to gain control of your mind every day. Every day. That's why I said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is your mind. That is where your power is. Those who don't see or understand life think their power is in their money. Think their power is in their job. They think their power is in the properties they have. No. I've, I've made this statement. I'm going to repeat again. If anything you have, if anything you have, you cannot recreate it. You don't deserve it. If anything you have, you don't have enough mental capacity to recreate it. You don't deserve it. All right? That is why if you go to the developed world, people are not paid based on their strength. All right? So a part is there. But people are paid based on what their brain can offer. All right? People are paid and accept based on what their brain, what is in their mental capacity. That is what. And you will end more with your brain than with your muscle. If you live by muscle, the best you can be is a security guard, bouncer, um, weight carrier or something. You, you don't need muscle to become a president. You need brain. You need sense, head. But a lot of us, we keep looking out to the outward appearance, not knowing that the real life is internal. Mortuary man, thank you. Now, let's get a scripture. Matthew 13, from verse 24. Matthew 13, from verse 24. The best of you is inside of you, not in your skin. All right? When I talk with people, I don't just look out for their body, I look out for their brain. When I'm talking to you, I'm weighing your brain to see what kind of person are you. The best of you is not, is not on your flesh. The best of you is in your mind. The best of you is in your mind. If your mind is not rich, I don't care to know how much is in your pocket. You are not rich. You will soon lose it. That's why most people who have actually usually won money by betting, by lotto and lottery, 90% end up becoming broke in a very short while. Because their wealth did not come from their mind. It came by luck. 
the wealth did not come from their mind. The wealth came by luck. All right, so let's see from verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed. All right, see, the word seed is coming again. Every time you hear the word seed, don't look at the word seed, look at harvest. Because once the word seed shows up, there should be a rejoicing that, hey, harvest will soon show up. All right? That should be the understanding. Anytime you hear seed, there should be a rejoicing that, yes, harvest will soon show up. That should be the mindset. So he said, good seed in his field. You can use the ground there. Verse 25. He said, but while men slept, his enemy came and sold tears among the wheat and went his way. Verse 26. But when the blade was sprung, up, sprung forth and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Let's go 27. 27 said, So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then had it tares? He said unto them, An enemy had done this. The servant said unto him, Without then that we go and gather them up. But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, until the harvest. And in time of harvest, I will say to the reaper, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. Gather the wheat into my barns. All right. So this scripture is talking about a lot of things. But we're going to narrow it down to what we are discussing now. I said one of the ground that a seed is sown on is your body. It's your body. So the scripture we just read said that God had created you well. God has created you in sound health. God has created you okay, strong. I said to us, if you are sick, God is not aware because he never created you sick. All right? When you are sick, it's a news to God because God never made you sick. So the scripture, the scripture we have here now is giving us an understanding that after God created man, something happened. After God created man, something happened. The enemy, Satan, came to the same man's body started putting sickness, started putting all kinds of distractions. Things that were not supposed to be in the body, he began to plant them in. So that is the reason why God brought what we call healing, to be able to counter what the devil comes to sow into your body, to be able to counter what the devil comes to sow into your body. So if you are not careful to stand, you accept every negativity as God allowed it. Okay? You're going to accept every negative thing saying that God allowed it.
And what you are not aware of at that moment is that God is not involved. So don't accept negativity to your body. Next thing you discover cancer, you discover sickness, you discover whatsoever. You discover fibroid, you discover migraine, tumor. Oh, the Lord give, the Lord take is not true. God only give good. He doesn't give bad. But now, this is where the problem is. Listen, your body is a land. Your body is a land. God wants to sow his spirit. Satan wants to also sow his own spirit. God wants to sow his character. Satan wants to also sow his character. God wants to sow his strength. Satan wants to sow his weakness. And the devil is very eager. That is why he would have everything around you distracting you to the direction of what he wants to do. You go out on the street, the billboard out there is... Haven't you discovered that there's no billboard for Bible? Have you discovered there's no billboard for Bible? But you will find billboard for we. You will find billboard for uh, what else? For condoms. You will find billboard for alcohol. You will find billboard for every negative thing you can think of. Naked women. Now, if you want to advertise phone, phone, phone pair, phone. Look for a naked figure. Put on the poster. You want to advertise mattress. Look for a naked figure. Put on the mattress post B board. You want to advertise um, everything, even food. Just look for a girl wearing a skimpy clothes to do advert for the food. So the devil is using everything he can. Every and what can assess your mind can also assess your body. All right. Now let me give you an example. Somebody goes and watch pornography, and after watching pornography, you go to bed to sleep. The next thing you realize is that in the dream, you see yourself having intercourse with somebody, or somebody having intercourse with you, and you wake up, you are wet. Now, to those who are ignorant, it looks common to them. But to those who are spiritual, what is going on now? is that by what Satan have allowed you to see, to think of, is now farming on your land. Okay? He's now sowing seed through your dream. You have already put the seed in your mind. He's now sowing the seed in your body. He's now sowing the seed in your body. I was praying for somebody days ago, and I said, I see somebody having intercourse with you in the dream every day. And the outcome is not good. Say, Pastor, every time I had that, I get that dream. Said so I start looking for a man to sleep with. Not men look for me. I start looking. A voice keeps telling me, go out on the road. Anybody you see, grab. Whether it's a madman, whether it's a security man, a farmer. Every, so I have to lock my door. Stay inside my room and be shouting. She have to lock herself behind the door. See, but most times, most times, I end up masturbating by myself. Most of the times, I end up masturbating. And I cry, I'm in pain. You see, but when I'm done, 
13 will come back again after some days, after some weeks. So, you discover, listen, we are in war. Most of you think the battle you are fighting is actually your friend, your colleague. No, the biggest battle you are fighting is your mind. The biggest battle you are fighting is your mind. Some are thinking suicide. The devil is there putting it in their brain. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Some wants to pray. The devil is putting it in their head. Don't pray. Can't you just, you will pray later. And you think, oh, it's just normal. Okay, I'll pray later. Let me go. No, 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 no. You will pray later. Some are there and the devil keeps telling them, oh, um, don't go to church today. Some now, this morning, this morning, they're already tired. They're feeling lazy for no reason. For no reason. Some are giving excuses. Oh, the cloth I want to wear, the tailor did not sew it. What happened to the old cloth? Oh, I can't wear old cloth. It's not you that is speaking. Demons are speaking through you. So what is it? You have been giving that from January to July. Have you seen the result? Can't you just stop? Just stop from this, the, uh, July to December and see the difference. The demons are talking to you. If you think you wait for demons to come and speak, my son, my son, it's not, it's not true. It's not true. Your mind. Your mind. Your mind. And the moment you receive it in your mind, it reflects in your body. All right? So the first, the first land, the first earth is your body. The first earth is your body. The devil wants to sow in it. God wants to sow in it. So who you give access to is who sows. And you know what the harvest will be if the devil sows. The problem now is this. The scripture we read, the Bible said, why men slept. So that means the word sleeping there is, you can use it for physical sleep. But it's not actually talking about physical sleep. It's talking about being at a lot. Okay? The sleep, the slept there is talking about us being at a lot. Don't lose God. Don't lose God over the things around you, over your properties. Don't lose God over your children, over your marriage, over your health. Satan wants to take it. Don't lose God over your finance. Satan wants to take it. Don't lose God over your relationship. So when I see people who have been single, and let me say this to you. If you are single here or you are married, keep this thing in your brain. I see people who have been single praying, Pastor, no man is coming. No man is coming. Suddenly, a man comes in. Two months, they are coming to complain. Look at what he did. Look at what she did. Look at what he did. She's somebody who is single. Oh, I want to get married. Pastor, pray for me. I don't know what's going on. I'm not getting married. They get married. In six months, they are coming. Eh, look at what he did. What? We are not talking. We are not talking to each other. We are quarreling. The same you that have been the one fighting and praying and trusting. And already in two months, you are fighting. By the time you lose it, you enter another prayer. The devil knows how to use us to play on our mind. But we don't see it. We don't see it. So the problem I saw in that scripture, number one, is that it's a man we are not alert. The word man that's not speaking of gender, is speaking of the human race. Number two is that they saw the seed lit. If you are not at alert, it's one of the things that would happen to you. They saw the seed lit. They saw the seed lit. So when they saw the seed, they said, let's go and remove it. They leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. There's a stage where they define cancer in the body that they can start certain kind of treatment like chemo that would be able to help control it. There's a stage where they find cancer in, the, in some part of the body 
that they can say, okay, let's cut off this part. They will be able to save this person. It's a level they, they can't suggest to, they can't do anything. All right, just be living on this treatment and you will die. The only thing that even doctor will tell you anywhere, all you need is a miracle. That means we can't help anymore. As a stage two more gets to, it can be removed. As a stage two more gets to, it can be removed. All right? So if you are not able to detect it early and take it out, a problem comes in. It told them, say, leave it. You can't, if you take it out now, you will destroy both the body and the seed. If you take it out now, you try to take it out now, you will destroy everything. So leave this thing. Let's manage it like this. Until the time comes, we will be able to separate both of them. So you must guard your body. Guard your body. Guard your body on every aspect. Guard your body. Number two, number two is location. Number two kind of land is location. By location, I'm talking about physical location now. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible said, And now God has said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. All right? All right. So somebody is giving a testimony. A lot, it happens to everybody, including pastors. It's not only everybody. Everybody. There are different angles. It, could, it might not be church. For some, it could be sexual lust. For some, it could be fasting. There, there's fasting suddenly. You, you, some of you are listening to me. Since this year, you've discovered that you can't fast a whole day completely. Something will always come up that will make you break the fasting. Something will come up. Some of you there, you've made vow, made vow, Father, anything, um, says what sin, I'm done. I will not do it again. You cried, if God, if I do it again, beat me, cut off my leg. Since then, Tina, you've done it over 10 times. So you come to a point that you have not said to yourself that I think this is how I am. Yeah. You've come to that place now. You say to yourself, this is how I am. I can't change. Let me just, no, it's not true. It's not true. The problem is that you don't understand that what you are fighting is bigger than you. Okay? So what do you do? Keep pressing. Keep fighting. Keep pressing. Keep fighting. Keep setting boundaries. Keep setting the standard high. All right? Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. You want to fast for four days. You want that two days. All right. Keep keep doing it. Don't stop. Oh, I can't fast. It's not for my type. I think we just surrender. Can't fast to media six to twelve. They don't even try to even put the effort. You are not serious. You are not ready. It's a battle. The devil will come for you. The devil will come. Your body, your mind is a, is a land where two parties are trying to sow. All right? So let's get to number two. Land. Genesis 12 verse 1. Genesis 12 verse 1. He said that it, God had told Abraham, get thee out of the father's house to the land where I will show you. And if you read Genesis chapter 13 from verse 1 and 2, he said that Abraham left Egypt and Sojourned in the land that God had told him, and God made Abraham rich. In Genesis 13, verse 2, Abraham became rich. Your success at some point is location based. Please understand this. Some of you must have heard of this statement or might have said it. You can succeed everywhere. It's true, but not every time. All right? 
before God can make you succeed everywhere, God must, must have made you a master of one place. All right? God must have made you a master of one location before he can make you a master of every location. Somebody like me now, I can't wake up and say I want to go and open church everywhere and people will just gather 10,000 in one day. I can't do it. But if somebody like Bishop Dag wakes up now, said I want to go and do crusade in Volta region, people that we gather will be over 100,000. If you wake up and say, I want to go and do crusade in Nigeria, people that we gather will be over 100,000. If you wake up and say, I'm going to do crusade in Burundi, in Chad, I want to go and do crusade in Niger Republic, I want to go and do crusade in Liberia, in Guinea-Bissau, I want to go and do crusade in UK, people will gather. Those in the UK are complaining that churches are empty, people are not going to church. Pastor Jerry Eze went to UK to do program. The hall was packed, over 50,000 people. Apostle Selman went to do crusade in one of the largest indoor stadiums. The hall was, in fact, the meeting that was supposed to start by 4 p.m., people came by 8 a.m. in the morning. Are you getting it? So, these men, what is the difference? They have grown out of a single location to become, they are, they are, not, they are no more territorial commanders. They are ex-commanders, world commanders. The same thing financially. Bill Gates has created a product that is worldwide. Mark Zuckerberg has created a product that is worldwide. They can decide, okay, I want to relocate to Ghana, and they will not be broke. They can decide, okay, I want to relocate to Nigeria. They will not look for job. I want to relocate to um, this thing. They won't look for anything. But you, if you wake up now and say, I want to relocate to Ghana, um, to uh, America, you have to look for a job. You wake up and say you want to relocate to UK. You have to look for a means of survival. But these guys have created a larger means. These guys have spread out their, their tent, their, their network, and all of that. So you start, first of all, becoming a master of one place before becoming a master of everywhere. Your success at some point is location-based. Where others succeed might not be good for you. Where others fail might just be your treasure city. Know your location. All right? Your idea is a seed. Your talent is a seed. Your business is a seed. Where should it grow? Where is it supposed to work? Most of you have carried a shop that is supposed to be in Togo and come to open it in Ghana. Most of you have carried a shop that is supposed to be in Accra. And imagine opening a shop where you sell Rolls Royce in Volta region. Am I even talking of Rolls Royce? Any kind of car. I doubt if the entire Volta region have a car, a car shop. I doubt if the entire Volta region have a shop where they sell a car. I doubt. So there are things you don't sell in certain places. Certain things won't work in certain places. Certain things won't succeed in certain places. Know this and have peace. Most of us are praying wasted prayer. Wasted prayer. Have you ever asked God, Father, the country I'm in now, am I supposed to be here? If God needed Abraham to leave his father's house to prosper him, don't you think that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever? If God needed Jesus, Joseph to carry Jesus away 
from the land of Egypt to preserve him, then don't you think that certain attacks is tied to location? So location matters. Is a, is an is a ground. Abraham entered into Egypt, Genesis 12, because there was famine. God did not stop him. But God did not allow Isaac to enter Egypt. Get me Genesis chapter 26, 1 to 4, then 12 to 14. Quick, as quick as you can. Genesis chapter 26, 1 to 4, then 12 to 14. Abraham entered Egypt in Genesis 12. God didn't say anything. He went there, came out, he became rich. But we'll get the repost. Isaac could not enter Egypt. God warned him, say, don't go there. Please help me with the scripture, please. Help me, help me. Genesis 26, 1 to 4. Then after that, he skipped the 12 to 14. Isaac couldn't go. God said, don't, you don't even go there. I allowed your father for a reason. He could handle what is in it. But if you dare it, you will be in trouble. Then I think it's a network. Can you hear me now? Everyone, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. Get me Genesis 26, 1 to 4. Genesis 26, 1 to 4. Then skip to 12 to 14. I said that God didn't allow Isaac to go into Egypt, but he allowed the father Abraham to get into Egypt. All right? What he did not allow for the father, he allowed, what did he allow for the father? He did allow for the son. So that others did it doesn't mean you should do it. Be careful in joining what is trending. It might, not, it might be your death trap. It might be prohibited for you. Be careful in where you go to get married. Your father, your father might get married there, he succeeded. And God said, for you, I don't want you to marry from your hometown. So be careful. And there was famine. There was famine. In the land, beside the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of Gerar, of the Philistines, unto Gerar. Verse 2. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. God was, he was expressing the instruction. Don't go to Egypt. But if you read Genesis 2, Abraham went there. He came back. He became, in fact, he came out in Melonia. He became rich. But God said to the son, don't go there, you. Don't go there. So join in the land, and I will be with thee. And we bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Get me verse 4. Quick, quick, quick. Get me verse 4, then skip to verse 12 and 14. 
12 to 14. Get me verse 4. Please help me, help me, help me. I hope my sound is coming. Can you hear me? Give me verse 4 first. Where are those that help me to post scriptures? Give me verse 4 first. We are not done with the verse we just read. Before jumping to verse 12. I don't want 5. Just verse 4. And I will make thy seed to multiply the stars of the heaven. And we give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my command, my statute, and my law. All right. So let's get to verse 12 now. Let's get to verse 12. So God stopped Isaac from going into Egypt, and he said, okay, this is where I'm going to, there is a land I'm going to instruct you, go and stay there. And at this time, where God is saying he's going to tell Isaac to go and stay, nothing was working. Everything was dry. Things were hard. Get me 12 to 14 now, please. Oh, God, help me this morning. I receive grace and patience. Then Isaac sowed in that land. So which land did he sow now? The land God says stay. He wanted to run out of Egypt. All right? Now, we are in a season where the economy is shaking in Africa. All right, some would want to desire visa for a greener pasture. Everybody would want to travel. Some would want to desire visa. China, UK, London, Germany. Some, God have no special attachment to their lives. They will be quiet. Whatever you do is fine. Some, God will tell them, go. And not that God will tell them, don't dare it. All right? human being, with different instructions. Don't dare it. Stay where you are. But things are hard. Stay there. And if he said so, he knows better. I saw a post of a, a, a couple who traveled and lived in, I think in the US or where, I don't know. And they were looking so dried and lean. They moved back to Nigeria. They, pro they became billionaires. And they said that abroad is full of suffering. No. Every place is not for you, number one. Number two, what value are you bringing to your land? What value are you offering? What value are you bringing? What is in your head? What is in your brain? What was the plan? What did God tell you? So look at this. I said, then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man was great and went forward and grew and until he, be, he became very great. Verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. So, in the same place where there was poverty, where there was dryness, where there was famine, Isaac sowed in that land. He put his seed there. He put his sacrifice there and got out the result. So, people can be crying in a place and you are dancing. People can be complaining in a place. One of the most ironic parts of my life is when I tell people that I became blessed when I moved to Volta region. 
If you can hear me, please let your comment be active. I want to be sure because the network uh, signal is going up and down. Let your comment or your like on the page be active. Let me be sure that the network is going. All right? I don't want to assume the line is out. One of the most ironic parts of my life, when I tell people that I became more blessed in Volta region, leaving Nigeria, coming to Ghana, leaving Accra, coming to stay in Volta, I say you become, somebody asked me, where are you? I learned you are in Ghana. Where are you? Are you in Spintest or in Tema? I say, no, I'm in Volta. I say, that you are not in Ghana. I'm like, what do you mean? Sir? All my friends who know Ghana, they mention Spintest, they mention Tema, he mentioned all the big, I said, I'm not there. Even some of the place, Kra, I've not been there before. I'm in Volta. So you are not in Ghana, you are in Togo. That was what he told me. So you are in Togo. But I've been more blessed in Volta. And listen now, listen. It might not be the same for you. As a matter of fact, you might be a Votarian and your blessing is in Nigeria. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You might be a Votarian. You are in the same Volta. And your blessing is in Togo. You can be a Ghanaian and your blessing is in Liberia. But the problem is that our mindset, our small mind, our fears, our doubts and unbelief doesn't permit us to stretch beyond the normal, to take risks, to explore, to take decisions that will help us. Someone whose father has a free house, is not paying rent, feels because I don't pay rent, I'm fine. I remember talking to a young man, over 30, over 30. He was living in Ashanti region, staying in the father's house. So somebody sent him to me. He brought a request. What was the request? He had been transferred to Sunyani to go and work. He doesn't want to go. I said, okay, what is your reason? He said he will go and start paying rent in Sunyani. I'm like, what do you mean? See where he lives in Kumasi, around the Swami. is the father's house. I said, so you mean you've never lived out of a father's I said no. Over 30 years old. Has never lived out of he has been working now. Has never lived out of his father's house. So you got a transfer. His fear now for transfer is that if he goes there, he will start paying rent. What you don't know, it could be that your prosperity is there. You are thinking you will go there and start paying rent. What you are not aware of is that you might go there and buy a house. You might go there. How it will happen, you don't even know. I talk and talk. He refused to. I had to pray for him. And eventually, the transfer was reversed back from, what is it called? From Sunyani back to Kumasi. He got married in the father's house. Yeah. He got married inside the house. Carried the wife, joined, living in the father's house. A lot of us now might be laughing, but you are like that without knowing. Why haven't you applied for that visa? What is chasing you? Why haven't you visited Togo before? What, what are you afraid of? Why haven't you visited Nigeria? What are you afraid of? Why haven't you left Accra to the Kumasi God told you to go and stay? Why haven't you left Kumasi to Accra? Why haven't you left Takradi? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? You are comfortable in that village. You are comfortable in that location. You are comfortable. Your spirit has been telling you that you don't belong here. The spirit will be telling you you don't belong here. You are bigger than this place. Why have you not left that single room? This one now is not that you is pride, but your spirit have been telling you that you don't belong to this single room anymore. By now, you should be moving to a bigger apartment. No, there's this fear. There's this fear in you. 
say one way or the other, we become our own limitation. So your land, your physical location has an influence on your seed, have an influence on your success. Some of you have an idea, a very good idea, but that, that idea will not work in Ghana. Some of you have idea, but that idea will not work in Accra. For example, somebody who have idea to go into farming and you say you want to start a farm in Accra, you're going to have certain kind of challenges. So most people who are into industrial farming, they, they might live in Accra, but they go out of Accra to go and buy land. They go to Volta, they go to Eastern region. So they have a factory there, they have a farm there, but they are living in Accra. So they go and come, they go and come, they go and come. So understand that everything does not work everywhere. Find out where is your place. It's on the last scale. I'm sorry to say this. So the last scale in, in Ghana, I've seen people are still in their parents' house at certain age in Nigeria. They lie you. It's a, this generation crowd, they are, now make, they are now making it more lazy. They are afraid to parent. They are afraid to do things. In my country, I don't know how things are now, but back then, at 1820, they are already throwing words at you. Look at your mates. Although it doesn't sound nice pushing people out on that tent. But I discovered that one way or the other, people get pushed. They, that at the end, they either come to a breaking point where they either succeed or they fail. I told a young lady while I was in Kumasi. She was almost going to 40, never married. She was living with the dad and the mom and the sister. And I told her, you want to get my test? I said, go and, go and parent, pack out. Oh, pastor, hmm. even after I went to nursing school, I finished, I have to come back here because I said, pack out. Pack out. Pack out. She left the house, paid one year rent. And in a few months, she got started dating somebody. She was so excited. Ah, pastor, my life has been easy. My life has been that. My life has been that. Charlie, by the time one year was done, she moved back to the mother's house and the father's house again. This somebody, if she wasn't working, that is different. This somebody who is working, a nurse, receiving salary. What is the problem? Pastor, it's too difficult. I have to pay rent. I have to pay water bill. I have to pay. Look at the things you are checking, you're calculating. And eventually, she lost the relationship. Part of the reason was that when the guy comes around to visit, the mother is moving around, the father is moving around, and all of that. By the time she goes out, the mother is calling. You are not back home. Where are you? It's late. Is that? She lost the relationship. She lost it. All right? Understand that your life is tied to a location. All right, so let's get the understanding that your life is not everywhere. You can't succeed everywhere. You can't school everywhere. You can't live everywhere. You can't open shop everywhere. All right, you can't marry everywhere. Find out where is your land.
Hold on. All right. So, everywhere is not your place. Number two, number three, number three, land. Number three, land or soil for sowing is atmosphere. I said number one is your body. Number two is your physical location. Number three is atmosphere, atmosphere, atmosphere. First Samuel 10, 10 to 12. First Samuel 10, 10 to 12. If you can hear me, let me know. If you can hear me, let me know. All right, so let's go. First Samuel chapter 10, 10 to 12. All right. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them, and it came to pass that all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. When the people said one, then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? He saw also among the prophets, and one of the same place said, but who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. He saw also among the prophets. So now, Saul was not a prophet, but an atmosphere empowered him to begin to prophesy. A lot of us don't know what environment does to us. A lot of us don't know what atmosphere does to us. An atmosphere is a, is a land. All right? Your atmosphere is a soil that can take seeds and grow in your life. There are a lot of certain habits you have. You never had it until you move into a certain environment. Go and keep yourself in an atmosphere where they smoke, they drink, they do everything you don't like to do. So your atmosphere is a soil, okay? Your atmosphere is a soil. You can easily pick up things in an atmosphere. If you stay in an atmosphere, it can show a different thing in your life. You stay in a godly atmosphere. You know, there's an atmosphere you enter, even if you don't feel like praying. You don't know where you start praying, right? There's an atmosphere you enter, even if you feel like praying. You will lose the appetite to pray. Are you getting it? You enter some atmosphere. It's like songs. Imagine playing Shatawali and you want to feel like praying. From where to where? You won't. 
But you are playing Silvilla Sunday and some other songs. You won't even know how unconsciously you just begin to pray in tongues. So atmosphere is the soil that impacts your life consciously and unconsciously. All right? And it's one of the greatest deceptions that we don't even understand the influence environment has on us. I attended some course some time ago on emotions. And an experiment was made, and there was a discovery that 60 to 70% of children who grow up in a poor environment end up poor or average. And 80 to 90% of children that grow up in a rich environment end up rich. All right? Are you seeing now? Atmosphere influenced what they became. Atmosphere influenced what they became. A child that is raised in a house where there is always food, he wakes up, um, I want to eat, they bring food. I want to pay school fee. Nobody says, I don't have. The child does not grow with the mindset of lack. The child grows with the mindset of availability. He doesn't hear, I don't have. So the child grows, he also or she doesn't want to hear, I don't have. Unconsciously, when they go to apply for a job, they are they are confused, like how, why? I've never had no before. All I get is yes. So they push till they get yes. But that's what I, I say to us often. Please, don't grow your children with the mindset of I don't have. Tell them later. I don't have. It's not the school fees. I don't have. You are killing your child and impacting your child with a mind of poverty gradually. A mindset of lack. Oh, pastor, what if you don't have? Later. It's a better word to use. Okay, later. Okay, tomorrow. Okay, later. Don't worry, it will come. Don't worry, it will come. I don't have school fees. I don't have food. I don't have this. I don't have. You create a mind of poverty in that child, whether you like it or not. A lot of us now, we are at the point where we have created a mind of lack. Check the book of Second Kings chapter 4. Elisha happened to be a prophet and a woman who the husband died came in contact with the prophet and needed help to turn her situation around. And the prophet asked a simple question, what do you have in your house? She said, I don't have anything. But suddenly she remembered, and I can say this to you, that was the language the husband always speaks. I don't have. See, he died. I don't have. Under a prophet, I don't have. I don't have. This prophet, dear, they want to make us poor. This prophet, dear, they want to make us broke. Every day want to collect. Every day want to this. So immediately, she took that defense mechanism. But I'm sure something stirred up in her like, hey, you left everything. You left everyone. You left. You knew it was this under this man that your husband died. What brought you back to meet this man should tell you that you know that this man have the answer that you require for your life. And she remembers, okay, I have a small pot of oil. The prophet said, okay, go and bring it. But because of the environment she was in, first of all, she had already settled with the mindset of, I don't have. So be careful. Atmosphere have a very strong control over you. Atmosphere have a very strong control over you. I think I saw a lot of 
lot of you posted on the platform yesterday that some people were posted that they were surprised and it was interesting to see that women too can prophesy and all the admins true can prophesy and I was there and at this thing and all of that. The reason is atmosphere. All right. Every one of them have been attending one church or the other. I'm sure they never even thought or even knew or believed that they can never prophesy. But atmosphere brought it out of them. What you stay around continually, you will become whether you like it or not. All right? So today is Sunday. What church are you going to? What are they teaching? In fact, with one thing we fail to understand, religion has already cocooned our mind some way that we don't think out of the bus. One of the greatest influence you have over your life is your pastor. Who pastors you determines your life in the next 10 years. Because every week that man is talking to you. Every week. So if that man is talking doom, you are under an angry pastor. You are under an envious pastor. You are under a jealous pastor. You will become like that very soon. Just watch it. Watch it. You won't know. You won't know. I remember years ago, I was under a ministry where we don't believe in judgment. We don't believe in die by fire. We don't believe there are demons. So everything, oh, glory to God, glory to God. But when I shifted and enjoyed Omega Fire Ministry, unconsciously, me that never believed there was anything like enemy, I prayed die by fire until now more than any other person. So watching atmosphere. Atmosphere. Who talks to you? Who advises you? Who do you share your idea with? Who do you listen to? What do you read? atmosphere. I repeat for the last time, you can't be better than your environment. You can't be better than your environment. Except you create a system to be able to get another source of feeding yourself with something new in your mind. I tell people often, particularly those who, read, who live in rural areas, once in a while, carry your children and go out. Take them out leave the city, leave the village, or look for the best place in the village. Go to it, sit them down, let them watch. It could be water that you bought, it could be coke. Just sit them down there, change their mind. Else, you are setting that child to become what you will not be proud of tomorrow. Change the environment. And if you are here, you have been giving your children the mind of, I don't have. I don't have change. Repent in Jesus' name. Tell them tomorrow. It's coming. Oh, mommy, I want a car. It's coming. Not I don't have. What is it? I don't have. What is it? I don't have. I want a school fee. It's coming. You know you don't. It's coming. Number you are doing two things. Yourself. Number one, you are training the child in the mindset of prosperity. Number two, you are helping yourself to live in the language of faith. Suddenly, one way or the other, that thing will just appear from somewhere. But now, nah, I don't have. I don't have. So you are killing yourself, killing people around you, reducing everything possible in your life. May God give us understanding. Our atmosphere is a soil. Sow into your atmosphere. Sow into it. Every time you find yourself in an atmosphere, sow into it. It could be by words. It could be by your attitudes. It could be by giving. So into atmosphere. 
when you find the wrong atmosphere, run. When you find the right one, so get the Genesis 28, 10 to 19. Genesis 28, 10 to 19. Quick, 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 quick. Genesis 28, 10 to 19. All right. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haram. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angel of God ascending and descending on it. All right, let's continue. Okay, okay, stop there, stop there, stop there. I said to 12. Now look at this. Jacob didn't have a plan to see an angel. Jacob did not plan to see angels, all right? But Jacob fell into an atmosphere where there was a covenant years ago by Abraham. He just slept there. The next thing that happened to him was that he began to see vision. Are you getting me? The next thing that happened to him was that he began to see vision. Some of you now, the bad dream you are having is the house you are living in. Uh, the bad dream that you are having is the house that you are living in. Some of you, the attacks you are going through is where you are sleeping. Where you are sleeping. The attacks you are going through is the bed. Somebody dashed you the bed. I know of a couple who couldn't get pregnant for years. And by prophecy, it was revealed that somebody bought them mattress as wedding gift, not knowing that it wasn't a good thing. It was rather a trap. The person brought the mattress from somewhere, inspired by demons. Okay? Inspired by demons. That was the mattress they were sleeping on for 15 years of marriage. How do you even use one mattress for 15 years? Are you Methuselah? How do you use one mattress for 15 years? Please, eh? please. Listen. There's the kind of people I want around my life. You are listening to me now. This is not pride. This is not arrogant. This is not. You have a chair in your house. A chair in your house. You have been using for 20 years. Listen, the testimony is not that, ah, I'm very good at keeping things. No. The problem is that there's something wrong with you. I have a song for you. Ancient of this, as old as you are, as old as you are, 
you will never change. Ancient of days. How can you use one mattress for 15 years? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? If you don't lie on the mattress, where you lie down, it will look like a hole where they dig hole. There, there we sink. You are still sleeping inside. You wake up. When you lie down, your, your waist is down. Your leg. Mattress will not pillow. Mattress. Straight mattress. The thing, as you lie down, the thing will press. It's tired. It will press down. Your waist is down. Your leg is up. Your head is up. Because there's more weight from your stomach to your waist, it's pressed down. It's pressed down. And your leg is like that. And you wake up. And without pray, if you are here having pain, place your hand. Ah, pastor, my spine, my waist, every meeting, your spine. And you stop that prayer. Change your mattress. Stop it. Stop disturbing my life. Change your mattress in Jesus' name. Pastor, I'm having leg pain. Leg pain. Since two weeks, leg pain. Since two years, leg pain. What you shoe you are wearing, you bought a shoe for 10 years now, 8 years. It's no more your side. Lose the shoe, let it go. Lose it and let it go. You keep praying about leg pain, leg pain, leg pain, leg pain. Lose it, let it go. I don't understand. I keep having migraine. I don't understand. You're having migraine. Yes, yes, sir. It's true. I'm having migraine. Madam, that attachment, that attachment that you, you saw, that attachment you saw, eh? that, that type now that you are, that, that kind of wave you are using, people no more use it. Eh? They, 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 oh, is it Taylor? I don't know now. Your own now. It's not simply that sew your own. It's Taylor. It's Taylor that have used machine to sew the attachment to your head. The attachment now look like one locust sponge that has spoiled. The, the thing now is causing headache. The thing is crying. Lose me. Let me go. Nah. You are knocking it, knocking it, knocking it. Tap it, knocking Lose it. Let it go. Let it go. Lose it. Lose it. Ancient of days, as old as you are, you will never change. Lose it. Let it go. And then, I grew up to hear a testimony in our house. My mom was, my dad was the one boasting, telling us that the work clock was older than my other brother. The chair I grew up to meet in our house, or before he got married to my mom, the, the shelf, you know those wooden big shelf that was in our house, the shelf was older than my brother. They bought it when they got married. And I was marking those, I was angry inside of, I was still very young, still very young. I didn't even know a lot of things. But unconsciously, I was just very angry. It was listing the thing, listing the thing. And God helped me. I started working little, 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 little. The first thing I did was the shelf. I broke it into firewood. He came back one day. Where's my shelf? Where's my this? Where's my that? I asked him, I said, what you are seeing there, don't you like it? Ah, yes, but you would have left it. He didn't know what. I said, my friend, keep quiet, sit down. You are boasting with old glory. Sit down, sit down. That man there, I, I troubled him. Sit down. What are you saying? Chef that is older than me. So we enter house. I will greet my other brother. I will still greet. I will greet my father and my mother. I will still come and greet chef because chef is not older than me. I will not tell chef, chef, good morning, sir. I will tell work clock, good morning, ma. I will not tell the chair, good morning, bros. Chair, older than me. Chef, older than me. Work clock. I, I, I personally destroyed every one of those things. It was the chair. My mom went to change the chair. I personally destroyed every one of those things. Ancient of this, may God deliver you in Jesus' name. How, wait, wait, wait. A house 
where you are not the landlord. You are not planning to buy it. Listen to me now. You are in a house. You are not the landlord. You have no plans to buy the house. And you've lived in that house now for 15 years. Since you lived there, you've not bought a car. Since you lived there, you've not gotten promotion at work. Since you lived there, what are you doing there? What is wrong with your brain? You are not a landlord. You are not a, a shareholder in the, in, the, in the house. You have no benefit in the house. You've not bought it. You've not prospered there. You've been there for 10 years. Doing what? Any house you... Listen, if the house is too good, if the house is too good, five years, you should buy a car. If the house is too good, five years, you should buy your own land. Oh, pastor, the house is good, though. Since I've been here, not... If the house is too good, Five years. Five years. You should buy your own property. And you are there 10 years. Nothing. And you are still there. Everybody. Oh, it was in this house. They gave birth to me. I gave birth to my first child in 1991. My second child in 1995. In my third child. In the, all of us here. Your, your first child is 30 years old in the same house. You should be. There's something wrong. Pack out. Pack out. Pack out. Anyone living in such kind of house, if you refuse to pack, may God give may the landlord give you quick notice. May God cause the landlord to give you quick notice in the name of Jesus. If you refuse to take quick notice, all the witches in the compound, all the demons in the streets, may they begin to attack you until you pack away. Until you pack away. I until you pack away. Sometimes we live a life that is fighting us. Huh? Sometimes we do the things fighting us and we assume that God is our problem. Sometimes we do the things fighting us. We do the things fighting us. Your atmosphere, your atmosphere, your environment matters to your life. Listen, please. You cannot be better than your environment. What you keep hearing every day who you keep relating with every day, where you keep going every day. We, some of you now, you didn't believe you can pray the way you used to pray. But being on this platform every day, every day, every day, has not quickened you to pray. Some of you, the things you now understand and believe, some results you've gotten, this is not even prayer. But because you come here, we talk to you, we challenge you unconsciously. You realize you are now doing things you couldn't do, achieving things you couldn't achieve just by listening. Your atmosphere will shape your life. You are timid. Check your environment. You are fearful. Check your environment. Check your environment. Atmosphere. Atmosphere. So Jacob began to get, um, what is it called? Prophetic encounter in that atmosphere. Listen now. Concerning atmosphere. I've, I've said it to men of God again and again that I, I've been privileged to talk to in my capacity. People don't just give to churches. People don't just give to pastors. People give to atmosphere. All right? A pastor was talking to me yesterday and said to me, Oh, um, I don't know what to do. God want me to do this. God want me to do that. And um, man of God, I don't know how to raise the money. And all of that, I said, I mean, I don't know how to raise the money too. But if you say God told you, if you say God called you, 
If we say, God, I've instructed you, then go back to God. He will tell you what to do. Because right now, the way you are talking, you are expecting me to be able to give you something. That's not, God has not told me. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. If I do that for you, I will kill your feet. There are people, it's not because they cannot be helped to, but you helping them, you are killing their feet. You are killing the training God is taking them to. They have not learned the ways of God. They have not learned to trust God in their finances. They haven't learned. So if you don't allow them to learn, you will kill their feet. You don't allow them to learn, you will kill their maturity. You don't allow them to learn, you will kill their progress. So leave them. Leave them. It's like a child who is trying to learn to walk. Stands, fall, then he cries. You will not run, oh, carry the child. Don't allow the child to walk again. He fell. Don't allow the child to walk. That child will grow up. Five years, the child is, is still crawling. Five years. Five years. Five years. So sometimes, it's not because God can't just do what you are looking for. But God doesn't want to pamper you. If he pampers you, then he will spoil you. So he allows you to go through the heat. So that you can be trained to become what he wants you to be. So that you can be trained. Hallelujah. When you enter church, discern atmosphere. When you are in a meeting, listen, there are times I enter church, I didn't plan to give. Alright? I go for a meeting, I didn't plan to give. The moment I discern certain atmosphere, I don't care whether it's money I care for savings, whether it's money, I, I, will, I will break it. I will break it. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I will, once I discern atmosphere, I will break it. Discern atmosphere. Be quick to discern atmosphere. Discern where an oil is flowing. Discern when there's a grace available. Discern it. Sow into it. Giving is good. Giving change life. But don't forget the scripture we read. It says some fell on good ground. One of the good ground is atmosphere. Discern when there's an oil. It's not necessarily where they are prophesying. It's not necessarily where. No. Discern when there's an oil. Discern one of the easiest ways to get harvest. One of the easiest ways. Alright, my time is already out. Oh God help me. Discern people, persons that can cause climate, there are people that can cause climate change. Alright? By the prophetic, by speaking a word, discern people that can cause climate change in your life, in your environment. Follow them. Alright? Discern those that can cause the control atmosphere. Sow into them, follow them, connect to them. The atmosphere you find yourself determines what you become and what your seed becomes. Don't let your seed always fall away. Deliberately sow it. Your words, some of you now always say you, can, you have no control over your mouth. You say everything. Oh, it was a mistake. It was a slip of tongue. You are not growing. You are not maturing. If you are growing, you understand the covenant, the principle of seed. You will be careful what you say. Your word is a seed. Alright? Your word is a discern atmosphere, sow into it. There are times you just wake up or you study, study, pray, pray. You discern at this atmosphere there, something's already charged up. You begin to prophesy. My future, it could be you are in church during worship. You begin to discern that this worship have left the normal realm. That's the right time to begin to make declaration. That's the right time to, to begin to, to take an offering to the altar. Take an offering. Go to the altar. Drop it. Begin to declare. I will be great. I will be... At that time, the atmosphere is fed up that every seed sown must work. So as you give your money seed, also sow the seed of your mouth. Listen. 
where your life will go in the future, if your mouth, your mouth, your words does not get there, it is almost impossible for you to get there. Where you want your future to be, if your mouth have not entered there, if your words have not entered there, it is almost impossible for you to enter there. I will be great. I will live in America. I will live in Europe. I will travel to 100 countries in the world. I will own cars. I will own house. If your mouth have not entered there and your mind have never seen it, it is almost impossible for you to ever have it. Take it from me. That is why I pity everybody who have no, anybody who have no prophecy over their life. I pity anyone who has no prophecy over their life. I pity them. Whether by the words you spoke to yourself, whether by the words somebody spoke to you, whether by any means you have no prophecy over your life, I pity you. I pity you. Carry a prophecy over your life. It might look some way now. Hold it. Hold it. Sit on it. Stand on it. Carry a prophecy over your life. I will be great. I don't know when, but I just know the word of God came through a prophet. I will be great. I will be rich. I will be mighty. Hold it. Don't hold it and sit down and fold your hand. Hold it. The prophecy should propel you. Propel you to do what you should not do. It should push you into fasting. Push you into this. Uh, Connected from the wrong people, push you into giving, push you into prayer, push you into things that you never thought that you would do them. I pray for you. I pray for you. Your seasons are changing. Your atmosphere is changing right now. Your atmosphere is changing right now. You will be great. You will be mighty. You will be successful. You will excel in all you do. You will break through. You will break forth. In the name of Jesus, this is not the end of your life. This is not even the best of your life. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. You will have a good marriage. Healthy children. Mighty children. You will be so rich that the rich will call you rich. In the name of Jesus. Now the last one, the last one, the last one is your heart. The last soil is your heart. The last kind of ground is your heart. Your heart is a soil. Your heart is a ground. In fact, one of the most porous kind of soil, one of the most common soil closest to you is your heart, not even the ground. All right? The Bible said that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it proceed the issues of your life. Everything that happens in your life comes from your heart. Listen to me. If you are poor, your mind is the first problem, your heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Until the information you know change, your wealth cannot change. Most of you have received a prophecy that helper is coming. The first thing you should start changing now, how do you process helpers when they come? How do you treat helpers? How do you relate? Because if some come, you will lose them because your mind is still how you relate with poor people. You have not learned how to relate with helpers. You have not learned how to relate with wealthy people, rich people, great men and women. So if they come, helper is supposed to help you to connect you to the flagstaff house. You are collecting money from the helper. You want money. Somebody who is supposed to come to help you as a financial helper, you are treating the person like a, a, a sugar daddy. Somebody who is supposed to get married to you, you are treating the person like somebody that you want to use and dump. I watched a video of a, a, a two couple the woman was a harlot 
the man used to sleep, carrying ladies around and all of that. So they got married the first night of their honeymoon. They were in the hotel. They went straight from the um, reception and they went to their honeymoon location. They were in the hotel. The next morning, receptionist was, um, room, room attendant was to bring a breakfast and press the doorbell. And the woman jumped up. He, he ran around behind the curtain and the man was pushing the, the woman. She had him, hide, 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 go and hide, go and hide. My girlfriend is coming. And the woman ran, went to hide behind the curtain and the man ran, was wearing his clothes. Before both of them now realized themselves like, we are married, do. Are you getting the whole story? So this woman had been going out with people's husband. So she thought it was somebody's husband she went out with. The husband has come back as usual. The man has been going out with people and the girlfriend will now come. So he thought it was as usual. So they were trying to now remember, remember that, ah, we are married. We are married. Heart. 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 Guard your heart. Everything in your life proceeds from your heart. Give me Matthew 13, 18 to 23. So the scripture we first read about the sower. Let's see the interpretation of that scripture. The scripture we first read about the sower. Let's see the interpretation of that scripture. Very quick, very quick. I'm late. Please help me. Let's get out of here. Matthew 13, 18 to 23. Matthew 13, 18 to 23. All right. Now he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, those of you now who will read your Bible and you don't understand, listen now very carefully and see what happens to you. I'm going to deal with this more some other time, but let's just use this for the context of our, our teaching right now. Anyone that heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then come then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. All right? You see the word sown in your heart. So your heart is a seed. What is sown there? Words are sown in your heart. That is why don't stay around people that talk down on you. Don't stay around people that talk down on you. You will not do it. You are useless. You are an idiot. It could be your wife. It could be your husband. If you are a woman, if you are a woman, you want to have a, a, a blessed home. You want to have a rich home. Please speak your husband up. Speak your husband up, my billionaire, my millionaire. You are a man. You want your wife. You want to have a, a rich home. You want to have a blessed home. Speak your husband or your wife up. Good woman. Ah, you are caring. You are too nice. You are too good. 
But now, no, no, no. The only time you use your mouth is when you are quarreling. Idiot. Foolish man. I don't even know how I married you. If I knew, I would have married Kwame. I didn't, I didn't know I went to marry nonsense idiot like you. I, I, I didn't know. Hey, no wonder. Ah, people, they call Peter. Very foolish people. Even Peter and the Bible denied. I, I, I forgot. I would have remembered the Peter and the Bible if I even say yes to you. Look at how my life now. Listen, you're going to end up having a bad life, a bad home. Everyone has a king in them. Everyone has a queen in them. The way to bring it out is how you treat them and what you say to them. There is a king and a queen in everyone. The way to bring it out is how you treat them and what you say to them. It matters a lot. Don't stay around people that speak you down. Don't stay. Women particularly. Men have ego. No man wants to be talked down on. No matter what is wrong. No matter what happened. No matter what he did or didn't do. No man wants to be talked down on. No man. You can lose a man for feeling, oh, I'm venting my anger. I'm saying my mind. You've lost, you, you will lose your marriage. You will lose your relationship. I'm not saying women are good to be talked down, but I'm telling you now, no man, no man wants to be made to feel, are you a man? Talk them less than a man. Are you a man? Look at your mate. Look, look at our neighbor there. He has bought a car. You can't buy a car. Look at that one that pays school visit. You can't pay school. Are you a man? You've lost that man already. All right? So, he said that when the, the, you, hear, you hear teachings, you read your Bible, you don't understand, Satan come to steal it. All right? So, this is the seed which is received by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy rejoiced with it. All right, let's go from verse 21. Oh God, how did I take this? Time. Okay, we restarted the meeting earlier. Verse 21, verse 21. Help me, help me. Don't post my scripture. Please be copying it ahead now. Please help me. Be copying ahead. Once you paste the first one, don't wait to post the next one. Copy it already. I think I have to open my Bible. I can't wait for you guys. Can you hear me, please? I'm not seeing any comment. Can you hear me? Alright. See, my Bible verse is not coming. You guys should be copying it. Please, I beg you. Please, please. I'm lit. I'm super lit. We are reading to 23. So anyone you post, copy the next one. Copy the next one. Don't post till I ask you. But copy it and we don't start looking for it, opening the app and all of that. You're making things difficult for me. Please help me. Help me. Alright. He said, yet he had no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises before because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among the thorn is he that heareth the word, and the care of this word, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. All right, let's go from verse 23 down. 23, I think that's the last. The last. But he that received the, that seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understanding it, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth 
some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty, another parable. Okay, the verse 23 is the end. So he's saying that your heart is a seed. When as I'm teaching now, as I'm talking to you now, I'm sowing a seed in your heart. If what I was doing here is insulting you, I'm sowing a seed in your heart. If what I'm doing here is speaking you down, I'm sowing a seed in your heart. If what we are doing here is gossip, I'm sowing a seed in your heart. Alright? So if I call Madame Jester now, I say, Madame Jester, do you know that Caroline, Caroline came from one family where um, people eat beans every day. Do you know that Caroline, in her family, people don't respect people. Caroline, in her family, people don't, uh, they don't know how to dance. Caroline, in her family, I begin to tell Madame Jester things about Caroline in negative. Like, I'm sowing a seed in her heart. The day she will, she will see Caroline, no matter how beautiful Caroline will look physically, no matter what Caroline will wear physically, all she will see first is what I told her. No matter how she liked Caroline before, she will begin to see what I've said to her. But if I go to her, I say, do you know that Caroline, in her family, they are billionaires. The girl is just pretending. They are billionaires. Do you know that this family, if you go there, hey, their mother very nice. If The way they are very respectful. Do you know that if in this girl's family, in fact, if you go there, they can even dash you money. If you go there, they, have, they can dash you car. This, hey, if this girl, oh, she can do anything for you. If she sees Caroline, no matter what Caroline is doing, if I hear Caroline does anything negative, she will be surprised like, ah, but that's not what they told me. Oh. They told me that this thing, and she will be watching that to observe, to see that thing. The girl might be dressing, maybe just in normal, casual dress. Yeah, she's pretending. Because nobody have told me that the family, they, they, they pretend, they have money, they are trying to disguise. She's pretending, and all of that. Are you getting it? So, be careful who speaks to you. Be careful what people tell to you about people that you have not been close to, people you have not met. Be careful what they tell you. Be careful who speaks to you. Be careful who speaks into your life. Be careful. Listen, particularly the, the people who are authorities over you. All right? The people who are authorities over you, your pastor, your father, your mother, your boss. The moment you find yourself around people who start making you look like an idiot, please move. Move. It's not making you feel your effort is nothing. I'm not talking of people who, okay, they know that you are doing fine, but they are not just being appreciated so that you will not, um, how do I put it? You will not start getting full of yourself. Okay? So that you will not start getting full of yourself, of yourself, so that you will not start becoming proud or arrogant. That's different. I'm talking of people who deliberately just want to talk down of you. At work, they want to make sure nobody has respect for you. In church, they just deliberately just want to, not because you've done anything wrong, not that you know you are wrong and they are rebuking you, say they don't like you. It's you that need help, not the person now. All right? So be very careful who sows into your heart. Be very careful who sows in. Your heart is a soil. Your heart is a soil. Written words, spoken words, and prophecies, they are seeds that go to your heart. There are most of you now, you almost lost hope about your life, that you can be great, that you will prosper, that you will get married. You've lost hope. You've lost hope. But because of a prophecy that came, that you will be rich, right now, the money have not come, but you are feeling rich already. I, I do I have a witness here? Do I have a witness here? You've lost hope about relationship. 
But the prophecy came, spoke about your past relationship, spoke about now that you are single, told you that another one is coming. Now you are optimistic. There's this hope in you that, man, I can get married. If God knew my past, knew my present, then I can get married. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So prophecy comes to sow a seed in your heart to wake you up for the future. Wakes you up for the future. Your heart is a soil. Alright? So if your heart is a soil, be very careful what you cultivate in your heart because one day it will manifest. If your heart is a soil, be very careful what you cultivate in your, in your heart farm. It will manifest. If your heart is not well cultured, the seed will die. So you see all we read, there was a seed that fell. But the problem was always the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart was always the problem. The heart was always the problem. If you read 1 Samuel 10 verse 9, my last scripture, 1 Samuel 10 verse 9, the Bible said, after Saul, Samuel gave Saul prophecies, told him you will be this, you will do this, you will do that, nothing came to pass. It was when God gave him another heart, that was when the prophecy began to come to pass. The mistake a lot of us make is that you want to become a new person with the same old you. You want to become a new person with the same old heart. You want to become a new person. You want to become a great person with the same old heart. A heart that does not believe in positive things. A heart that is fearful. You are always afraid. And after prophecy, you expect it to manifest. It will come to pass. You need to change first. Alright? If you don't change, the new thing will not happen. You need a change first. Thank God for the program we just had. Prophecies have come. If you don't change, the prophecies will be hanging. The problem now is not the prophecy. The problem is your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. I thought somebody will post the scripture I just quoted. I've waited for almost one minute now. It's not coming. Alright? You understand this. That for every new level you carry, your old heart cannot carry it. For every new level you desire, your old heart cannot carry it. If God has told you you will be a millionaire, your heart, you must take away the heart of poverty. How do you do it? Start learning new things. Buy new books. Buy new books. Get new informations. Listen to new messages on prosperity. You want to have a good marriage? Start getting books on good marriages. Admit you guys should always be helping me. If I quote scripture, get it and post it. Don't wait for me to start reminding you, please. First Samuel 10 verse 9. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from somewhere, God gave him another heart and all those signs came to pass. If you don't receive another heart, all the things you've heard, it will not come to pass. That fear in your heart, you must remove it. That unbelief, that doubt, that unforgiveness, that small mindset, that small thinking, you must remove it and begin to think big. Think big. Believe big. Behave big. Your heart is your height in life. Your heart is your height in life. Your heart is your height in life. If your heart is small, your life will be small. If your heart is large, your life will be large. Check people with small hearts. Check them. People with small mindset. Every time they talk, they talk small. So when they do things, they do small things. Check those with large hearts. 
every time they talk they talk large so when they do things they do large things check them check them check them your heart is your height in life you want to go up expand your heart you want to go down keep your heart the way it is you want to prosper train your heart to prosperity train your heart to finances you want to be poor train your heart to poverty Your heart is your heart. Your heart is your height in life. Don't chase people that have good things outwardly. Check out for heart. A young man can be so handsome, good with speech, but his heart is not good. A young lady can be so beautiful, have all the curves and shapes, but their heart is very terrible. Every stingy person, it begins from the heart. Every liar, it begins from the heart. Every unforgiving person, it begins from the heart. Your heart is your life. Your heart is your height. I pray for you this morning that the Lord give you a good heart. The Lord change your heart. The Lord give you the heart of Jesus. The Lord give you the heart of flesh. The Lord give you a heart of progress. The Lord give you a heart of prosperity. A heart that will love God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you this morning. I speak to the soil, the soil of your body, that the enemies will not succeed in planting anything, any sickness, any affliction in your health that you will not be able to contain. In the name of Jesus, and anything the enemies have planted in you that is not of God be uprooted now. I pray for your location. Anyone that is in a long, wrong country, wrong city, wrong region, wrong state, wrong house, may God relocate you. May God relocate you. May God relocate you. In the name of Jesus, may God relocate you. In the name of Jesus, begin to enter into the right location, the right places, the right places where your life will work, where you will progress. I pray, receive the right atmosphere from today, supernatural atmosphere that will change your life, change your destiny, change your career. Begin to walk in the right atmosphere. Begin to live in the right atmosphere. I declare prophetic atmosphere over you. I declare angelic atmosphere over you. Atmosphere of protection, of lifting, of breakthrough, of sound mind, of peace, of joy, of success. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you a good heart. The Lord give you a good heart. You will not fail. You will break through. You will break forth. You will do well in life. You will do well. In, you will not go down. You will not go down. Every prophecy over your life, I activate the manifestation now. I activate the manifestation now. Begin to assert. Begin to assert. In Jesus' name, I call it down. Amen and amen. All right. Our topic this morning was still harvest. Harvest. But we spoke about the land. The land. And the first point, if you wrote it down, repost it for me. The first point the first, the four kinds of hearts that you have. Number one is your body. Number two, location. Your location is a soil, is a land. Your atmosphere is a land. Number four is your heart. The Lord bless his word in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, I call it done. Amen. We are coming back on, online tonight by 5 p.m. We are coming back online tonight by 5 p.m. You happen to be around Sugarkopo and Sugarkopo. Don't stay home. A day will come, you will need that meeting, you won't find us. That's one funny thing. A day you will come, you will need that meeting, you won't find it. 
I wish I wish those that are that are meeting with every Sunday evening, I wish they would have valued it more than those who are around in voter. I'm serious. I wish it was those in Accra that I was meeting with every week. They would have valued it more. They would have. They would have. Just a distance where you walk, where you will take moto of 2CD, 3CD. You are too busy. It's too expensive for you. It's where God will give you understanding. People in Accra, don't worry. I will surprise them very soon. I will surprise them very soon, very soon. So make sure you find yourself tonight. Don't forget, camp meeting start Wednesday. For no reason should you miss camp meeting. Or for no reason, do all you can. You are too busy at least one day find yourself there. You are too busy at least one day, at least, at least one day find yourself there. Find yourself there. Well, all of you are rejoicing of the meeting online. I just imagine what camp meeting will look like if we could have such lovely time online. Let's imagine what camp meeting would look like. All right. If you have an offering, this is a full Sunday service we just did. Some service guy you will go to today, they won't preach what we just learned. I hope somebody is blessed this morning. I hope someone is blessed. All right. So, you have an offering, the Lord lay in your heart to give an offering. Go ahead right now and you'll find the detail on the platform. Go and give your offering. Come on, boss. You have a seed, you have um, tithes. Go ahead and go ahead and give. It is all blessed. It is blessed in the name of Jesus. You have seed from the, from the program. Be sure you go ahead and give it when it is ready. I love you. See you guys by 5 p.m. Bye-bye.